Welcome into this episode of Show Your Scars with Jordan and Angeli, a look inside the journey back from a devastating injury. We may not choose for this to happen to us, but we appreciate who we become in the process. Now let's dive into this week's episode as we share our strength and show our scars with pride. Guys, I don't know about you, but I have hundreds of old t-shirts that carry meanings and memories and I don't know what to do with them. I put them in a box, they sit there, but I can't give them away. Q Project Repat. They are taking old t-shirts and turning them into new blankets so you can see those memories every single day. Project Repat has produced over 200,000 blankets and they're all custom. You send in the shirts, they make it so easy, and on the back they put fleece that's made out of recycled plastic. So not only is it warm and cozy, but it's helping the environment as well. Project Repat also stands for repatriating textile jobs back to the U.S. There are now 50 people making t-shirt blankets in this country. All in all, this is awesome, you guys. A turnaround time is two to four weeks. You can have anything from a 16 shirt blanket to a 64 blanket. Since you guys are avid listeners to Show Your Scars podcast, you get a special 30% discount on your own Project Repat blanket. Go to Project Repat, that's Project R-E-P-A-T dot com and use the code SHOWYOURSCARS to get your memories turned into a cozy blanket now. Do it. It's the perfect time. Hey everybody, today I am bringing you another sports psychologist. I got contacted by Amanda Mirberg who has a sports psychology consulting business in Sarasota, Florida. And Amanda is a former collegiate athlete and actually got injured after playing college. And we talked a little bit about her injury and how the timing of it was kind of strangely beneficial for her and what she was learning to do as far as being in a sports psychology program. She has a lot of good things to say during this talk. She talks about um, how you can really break goals into tactical, technical, and psychological goals, how to properly prep for surgery and to create strategies for when you get down because those times will happen. And if you go into surgery and prepped for those moments when you potentially will be down, you're able to cope with it a little bit better. And I really like how she talked about there's two types of support groups, your family and your friends, and then more your your technical staff, the people that are helping you, your doctors, your physical therapists, stuff like that, and how each support group kind of helps you in different ways throughout the process of getting back from an injury as an athlete. I also like scientific exploration. She'll talk a little bit more about this, and I think it's, it's something that you'll want to stick around for and hear what she has to say of what scientific exploration is and why she believes it to be so helpful in the injury recovery process. I'm excited to share with you guys Amanda Murberg, and I hope that you like what she has to say and that you connect with her with A-Game Sports Psych as well online, and I will link everything up. But for now, here's Amanda. So how did you kind of hear about us and what we're trying to do? Well, um, I had seen, I guess, the site a couple years ago. Um, I had torn my ACL, and then um, I work in sports psychology, so I'm a sports psychology consultant and always looking for resources to help my own athletes. Right. And kind of came upon it. I'm like, oh, this is really cool because I just believe so much in the idea of social support and having an online community to help each other get through what can be a really tough time. 
Exactly. And I think that's kind of why I, when I explain it to people, I feel like if you don't, if you haven't been through something or, and I'm not saying that tearing your ACL is like the end of the world because there are far worse things that can happen to you, but um, it's a challenging time. And at certain moments, it can feel like everything's kind of falling away because that can be your outlet and that can be your source of friendship and um, all these different things. So when I'm explaining it to people, kind of what I'm doing, I feel like if you don't, if you haven't experienced it, it's kind of hard to understand how it can be so important. But I really do. I feel like that social community and um, the aspect of being a part of something, even when you're away from your team or whatever it may be, is it can be really helpful. Yeah, definitely. And so, like, kudos to you for putting it together. That's awesome. And I, like, reference it sometimes with my athletes that have gone through ACL surgeries. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, so I yeah I tore my ACL I guess at this point would be seven years ago, which is kind of crazy thinking about that. Right, I know. And that was in. Did you you played soccer, correct? Uh, I played college volleyball, but volleyball. I actually okay. tore it after I was um, done with my collegiate career and in uh, my grad program for sports psychology. I picked up ultimate frisbee because. My boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, was really big into Ultimate Frisbee. So I was like, okay, there's a city league. Like, let's go do it. I just wanted to stay active. Right. And so got really into it, was playing for about a year, got invited to a club team. And literally the first club tournament we went to out of town, first game I tore my ACL. Oh. So that it was, yeah, it was so a little tough. rough. Yeah. Especially when I think this, and this happens, like you get done with uh, collegiate sports and you kind of feel like you've like got past it. You know, I think when you play a sport at that high of a level, injuries happen probably more frequently than you would like. And you're like, Mm -hmm. yes, I got through college. And then. Yeah, it was almost a badge of honor. Like, okay, like I did get injured, but it wasn't anything that would keep me out for a long period of time. And I was like, okay. I'm good. I'm past the hump. And then it's stuff when you're not thinking about it anymore. Like you're not training the way you used to train. That's when the, like, and my PT kind of explained it to me. She's like, well, how many days a week were you training for volleyball in college? I was like, basically six to seven days a week. Yeah. And she's like, how often are you exercising now? I'm like, maybe three times a week. She's like, exactly. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard, but, like, that reality check is kind of what we need to be like, okay, you're right. <laughs> I I can't expect that much out of my body when I'm not treating my body like I used to. Mm-hmm. And, so, yeah, it was just a kind of a, a different experience for me. One, because, like, Ultimate Frisbee is just different in terms of the way the sports play. Uh, Ultimate Frisbee is different than volleyball. Like, volleyball is very um, – kind of slow pace you have your start and go and you know there's not too much going one direction or the other um right like soccer where ultimate frisbee is kind of i compared a lot to soccer because there's a lot of the cutting and there's a lot of the like transition constantly moving and when i did see teammates in college tear their acls mostly because of jumping like they would jump and just come down wrong where ultimate frisbee i've seen it so often where people just cut the wrong direction and there goes your tendon yeah exactly um how so that was seven years ago did you say that Mm -hmm. that was your only acl or did you say you recently got injured again 
No, no, that, was, that, that was my only ACL okay. injury. Do you feel like that was kind of a trigger for you, or you were already in a sports psychology program, so that wasn't like a trigger for you on like how, why you wanted to do this, but what do you think kind of brought on this sport, this uh, career path for you? Well, for me, I've always, like, I kind of tell my athletes I wasn't always the most mentally tough athlete to begin with. I would get frustrated. I would get angry at myself. I'd get angry at my opponents. I would blame coaches instead of, you know, taking responsibility for myself. And then, you know, when it came to the time, like, okay, well, what do I want to do with my life? You know, sports, especially female sports, you can only go so far. You don't get Mm -hmm. to. There's not that professional avenue, or at least there wasn't as many opportunities. <laughs> and yeah. so I thought about it, and I was like, well, I really like science. I really like the mind, and maybe this is something that I can look into. And so my dad was kind of helping me out with it, and he randomly came across an article about Tiger Woods, how um, he had seen a sports psychologist to help him with his mental game. And so talking it over with my family, I'm like, oh, I think I can actually do that. That would actually be really cool. So in undergrad, uh, decided to major in psychology. And it really helped put things in perspective for me about my playing career and different things. But then when I got to my master's, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, if I would have had this back then, like, imagine the possibilities. But, you know, it's one of those what ifs. But now I kind of tell my athletes, I was like, I went through all the mistakes, so you don't have to. Exactly. Exactly. Um, So do you remember kind of some of the first things that you learned that you were like, man, I wish I would have known this when I was still competing? Part of it was, uh, you know, one, being okay that you can express those emotions. Like you don't have to be this like robot and that being okay. But then, you know, learning how to refocus your mind from, okay, a negative thought process to, okay, maybe I need to transition to a neutral, then to a positive. Okay. And for me, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. I wish I could have done that back then. Yeah, and I think that's a really interesting point is not forcing yourself to go straight from negative to positive. That that can be very challenging. What's some good, like, tips you can think of right away, just how you can go to a neutral? Like, what does neutral look like? So for me, neutral kind of goes along with the sport. So there's three types of thoughts I tell athletes you can have on the court, on the field, whatever your sport is. It's either a tactical thought, a technical thought, or psychological. So tactical meaning, you know, what's the strategy going in? What do I have to focus? Kind of like big picture. Uh, Technical, it could be, so for volleyball, um, you know, passing. I need to get lower in my pass, keep my platform straight. Um, or if you're hitting, you know, right. you beat my elbow up, like those little minute kind of technical things your coaches usually harp on. Yeah. And then um, psychological could be like a motivational thought, like, okay, you can do this. Or, you know, some of them have a power phrase they'll tell themselves. Okay. So using those to help, like, okay, like it doesn't have to be this overall positive thought, but you can transition to that point. Right. Um that's interesting. So transition, like, uh, technical is, like, if you do, say, you do have a your platforms off instead of, um, I mean, your first thought might be, like, gosh, why did I do that? Like, that was such a stupid play. Then neutral would be what, and then positive could be what from there. 
So that was a stupid play. It might be like, okay, I can't change the play at this point. Like, what can I do to fix it? That's usually the question I have okay. athletes ask themselves, really. And it's a really quick thing, you know. Sometimes you don't yeah. have that much time to think, depending on the sport. Um, but, you know, like, what do, I, what do I have to do to fix it? And usually that's the quickest one where, you know, it's a neutral thought. It's not like, oh, get it next time or, you know, oh, that's okay. Like, that was one of the phrases I hated when someone would say, like, oh, it's okay, like, because I hated making mistakes. Yeah. And so that would just, like, get on Make my nerves. Make more upset, yeah. Mm-hmm. So more more of the kind of, well, what can you do to fix it for next okay. time? <laughs> yeah, interesting. And sometimes asking yourself those questions leads you into more positive thinking. Mm-hmm. Instead of just getting down on yourself, you're saying, okay, I accept that I made a mistake. What can I do to not do that again? Or what can I do to change it? Down? Yeah, and it's that acceptance point that you made a mistake because I think that's so important a lot of times especially team sports, we want to push blame on something else. But when you accept mm. the, like accept it for like, okay, I did make that mistake, you're able to fix it. But if you're yeah. constantly deflecting and, you know, blaming others for the mistakes that were made, it's a hard time to change that thought process. Right. Um, so you work with a variety of different athletes, or what's kind of your demographic with who you Yeah, so I, I work with a variety of athletes. Most of my athletes are um, adolescents, so high school athletes looking to go to college and looking to get to that next level. I have worked with a, um, a couple co- college athletes and, like, one or two pros here and there. So it's been a ver- really good variety of different sports and different athletes, so from sailing, rugby, cheerleading, soccer, kind of. Yeah, wow. All over and- the gambit. <laughs> Have you found that there are definite differences within the sports or are most of the things that you're teaching, you know, similar from a, like they have a similar foundation and you just have to adapt to the sport? I think for, from the mental side, it, there are certain things within sports, you know, that might be a little bit different. Like you might approach, um, trying to think of an example right now off the top of my head but like for more for like teams versus individual sports I've seen the biggest difference because team sports it's a lot of learning how to trust learning how to um, be a good teammate learning to um, be confident within your team and maybe even accepting the roles you're given because that's kind of one of the big ones I'm working on with some teams because sometimes you you feel like you're the best player but you're on the bench Mm-hmm. and learning how, okay, well, how can I be a good teammate with the role I'm given? Right. Where individual sports might be more um, confidence-building because a lot of them, their performance, there's no one else out there but them, so they know it's on them. And so sometimes if they lose or they have a bad game, their confidence kind of shatters in learning how to build your confidence, not through outcomes, but through your process. <laughs> mm-hmm. Interesting. And you, just to transition to kind of injury recovery and Mm -hmm. getting through injuries on a mental and emotional side, you talk about uh, just then when you're playing with a team, and a lot of the time when you get injured, you've kind of created a different team, right? You have your doctor, Mm -hmm. you have your physical therapist, and you have your supporting group of people, whether that's your family, friends, whoever it may be. Um, But there is this element of like, 
trust that you have to build. Mm-hmm. And have you worked with athletes who have been injured, and how do you help them through this idea of, like, especially going to a doctor. A lot of people have never had surgery before. They get injured. They need to have surgery, and it's scary, and you have to trust somebody to do their best, and, like, you're putting your life in their hands. That's yeah. very challenging. Yeah, it's really challenging. I remember, like, well, for me, uh, when I went through it, from I was 25, or I tore my ACL five days before my 25th birthday, which was kind of oh. fun. Yeah. But um, – so like when I went through it, it was I was older, so at least I knew I was like, okay, let's research all these doctors. Let's look at like, okay, who's who's done what? What are the reviews? I mean, Google is so great for that now. You can kind of look up anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what were you uh, looking for when you did that? I was just looking for you know um, experiences other people have had with that doctor, or maybe just looking looking at their picture to get a friendly face because sometimes like their names out there and you're like what do they even look like right you know and so sometimes just you know okay like you know their website's nice they don't look like they're gonna harm me i mean most doctors aren't gonna harm you at all but you know it's just that comfort of knowing like you feel like you know the person a little bit and uh that can even just that can be really important. Like my last time I tore my ACL, I met with five doctors and I didn't choose somebody until I sat with them and I felt okay, I trust you. Like there's yeah. something about about that level of like that person, you feel comfortable with them at some level. Yeah, so like I just literally just had a session yesterday with an athlete who is having surgery on his ACL on Monday. And yeah. we were talking about, okay, like, getting ready for that. Like, what's he expecting? And he's he's a really awesome kid. He's a tennis player. And, um, you know, he's, like, really positive about it right now. I'm like, okay, I like that you're going in with a positive. I was like, but let's, you know, be proactive. So part of it was asking, you know, coming up with a list of questions to ask. I'm like, I was like, you're going to get to a point where you're going to want these questions answered. Right. And if you don't have them answered beforehand, you're going to get through a lot. Like, you're going to have a lot of, you know, stress built upon you because you don't know where to find these answers. Or your doctor might not be available. So, you know, asking them, what exercises am I going to have to do? Um, Ideally, how long am I going to stay in crutches? When when am I going to be able to at least walk? Right. You know, little things. And I know sometimes we get so fixated on timeline stuff. But mm-hmm. at least they can give you a general idea so you're not worried. Like, okay, yeah. like, it's going to be forever. Like, because it can feel like forever when you're back right. to 100%. But, you know, having, you know, that timeline in your head beforehand kind of gives you a sense of, like, okay, I know what's going in. I That knowledge helps kind of yeah. calm. <laughs> and I think that um... – Overall, like, I'm not huge with timelines, but I also mm-hmm. understand the power of how having those – kind of having a timeline in your brain can make mm-hmm. your body heal in a certain way, right? You're, yeah. you're essentially telling yourself, like, I'm getting better, and I'm going to be better in six months. So your mm-hmm. body's like, already – whether we realize it or not, our body's prepping for, like, recovery in an, in a period of time. As long as you don't get stuck on, like, yeah. if I'm not done, if I'm mm-hmm. not back on the field at six months being perfect, like, that's, I think, where people really get tripped up. Is yeah. Get, and get to six months and you're just starting to cut and you're like, what? 
this is not what I planned. And um, Mm -hmm. that can be very difficult to get out of that. Yeah, I definitely, um, you know, I tell athletes that when we set these goals and stuff, a lot of my biggest thing is they're adjustable based on individual difference. You know, you never know Mm -hmm. what's going to come up in life. Like, nothing we said is going to be in stone. Like, I say write everything in pencil because you can erase it and kind of, well, most most of my athletes do it on their phone now so they can just delete it very quickly. (laughs) But um, it's just more like make sure your goals are adjustable. Like, here's the general timeline, but individual difference is going to play such a huge part in it. Like, how does your body even react to the surgery? Um, who your PT is and what their um, what they go on and how they do their own timeline with you. Yeah, yeah. And so a lot of that depends on you and the training plans they put in place. Mm-hmm. And and you talked to about you know the athlete you're you're at, trying to be proactive before mm-hmm. surgery happens. One of the things I think is important is prepping yourself for the times of struggle, right? There's mm-hmm. going to be times, especially in that first week, it's challenging. And you, um, how do you prep for something like that? Do you do you recommend figuring out a way or trying to put a plan in place where, like, when you do feel like everything is so hard and you're in pain, like, how, what can you focus on maybe that can help you get your brain to someplace that's more positive or that helps you push through those moments of tough. Yeah. So, um, yeah, those moments of tough, like you said, um, one of the things I show a lot of my injured athletes, especially if they're like in an anger phase or, you know, a sad Mm -hmm. phase, um, there's a really awesome video on, um, on YouTube. It's an adult swim video. So the language is kind of, you know, oh, yeah, not uh-huh. not great, but it's a, a giraffe that gets stuck in quicksand. Okay, it's hilarious. I I find it at least opens them up a little bit, and it goes through the whole five stages of grief, like denial. He's like, "Oh, I'm not in quicksand. This is just normal. I'm fine." To yeah. anger, where he's like cussing up a storm, bargaining, where he's like praying to God, like God, if you just let me out of here, mm-hmm. you know, it'll be better. Yeah. To depression, where he just starts bawling to acceptance. So he's like, okay, I'm okay with it. And then like, as soon as he's okay with it, like they hit, he hits like the bottom of the quicksand and being a giraffe, his head still above the, <laughs> the sand. So it's, it's pretty funny just to look at. Um, but in regards to really preparing them for those moments is like saying, Hey, this is normal. Like normalizing their situation is the biggest thing. And I use that video to show them that you're going to hit different different emotional um, shifts and it's okay but just recognizing you're in that shift and okay if you are angry what are you angry about and it's okay Okay. to be angry right and giving that them that power to be like it's okay that I'm angry because part of it when you get injured like especially as an athlete it's that identity loss like okay well I was a soccer player as a volleyball player like now what yeah. You know, am I going to be able to play the way I was? Am I going to, um, you know, still have my spot on the field sometimes? Yeah. yeah, and you talk about that anger, and I think one of the things that, at least for me, and I, I can't speak for every single person, but one of the things that's 
ang- like made me angry is like I did everything right. Like mm-hmm. I did everything right, and I still got hurt. And I'm an athlete. I should be strong. Like I should be strong, and I still got hurt. And I'm really mad at that. Like I think that's a thing that for in our society, and I don't know if it's just. American society but we've put this and you hinted on it a little bit earlier is like we've put this uh, you have to act a certain way if you're an athlete and you can't show emotions and you have to be you know quote unquote mentally strong and that a lot of the times I think people flip that to be like oh being mentally strong is you know you're 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 always in the zone or you're always um, you're never showing emotions, but I, yeah, I think that can be very misleading. Yeah. A lot of times I, I tell my athletes, I'm like, especially when we're doing individual sessions, I'm like, I'm here to be your safe space. Like if you want to let it out, let it out. Like it's not yeah. healthy to kind of bottle it in. Cause then you're not addressing what's going on. Mm-hmm. And like, and if you are angry about it, like I did everything right, you know, it's okay to be angry because, a lot of it, I say in sports, a lot of it is luck. I don't like that it's luck, but a yeah. lot of it is. Right. And, you know, it's focusing on the things we can control. Well, we can't control that anymore. Let's go to the focus on what's in our control and let's yeah. put our energy towards that rather than sitting back and saying, like, okay, well, this happened. I'm so unlucky. This sucks. You know, you can't control that anymore. Yeah. I'm going to let you have that emotion, but let's move forward so you can get back to where you were. Mm-hmm. How important do you feel like it is when you get injured to sit down with maybe one person, maybe it's a couple different pe- people, like maybe one person from your family and one person in your friend group, and just kind of, you know, some people can't afford to go see a sports psychologist, you know, and yeah. and although that would be super helpful for them even probably listening to this is helpful for them in some ways, but to know that the people, that support team that you're building around you is kind of on the same page with you. Mm-hmm. How important is that? And what do you think the things that you have to express to those people are in order for them to help you? I think social support is huge, no matter what, like um, just having someone there to talk to that understands you and sees you and talks to you more often than, you know, a sports psychology professional might do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, t- I tell my athletes is develop an, an emotional support group and a technical support group. Your emotional support group is going to let you vent, going to let you, you know, say whatever you want. This might be your best friend. This might be your your parent, your brother, your sister. Um, yeah. you know, may, it might even be a teammate. Or your technical support group might be your doctor, your PT, your athletic trainer who um, – it's going to help you from a technical side to support you. Like, okay, I'm not squatting where I should be or my mobility is not where I want it to be. What can I do? And having that technical support group to give you that knowledge base as well. So Mm -hmm. I think we need the emotional and the technical support just to kind of keep us well balanced. And communication to those Mm -hmm. groups specifically is going to be different. And, but that's key, right? It's communicating Mm -hmm maybe you have questions, maybe you do need to just vent and telling, I know I would tell my mom, I would be like, mom, you can't fix this. I just have to say this and I just need you to sit here and listen and like maybe mm-hmm. give me a hug. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just give me a hug. I need a hug. And so, you know, I think identifying 
who that is for you. If you mm-hmm. can identify who that person is and what they're going to help you with, I think that's so huge. So then when you're in those, that moment, like, I just need a hug. Like, okay, I'm like, who can give me a hug right now? Yeah, right, right. Or, or say you're uh, like, I just need to know, I just need to know what I can do to get from point A to point B. Right, who do I go to? Yeah, um, that's great. I think that's really important. Um, for you personally, do you feel like, I mean, that's kind of like the perfect storm, right? You get, you tear your ACL as you're learning about how you can yeah. get better <laughs> mentally and, and use the your brain in such a powerful way. Do you feel like that was helpful as you were recovering? Uh, I, I do think it was really helpful, almost because the fact it turned into um, a little bit of a joke in our our, our department. <laughs> like, sure. okay, let's let's experiment on Amanda. Like, she's going through this. Like, let's see what we can do for her. So a lot of a lot of it was like, okay, what are your goals? Like, I would get that a lot. And uh, right, you know, okay, who's your um, emotional support? Like, how's your motivation today? Right. So it was kind of funny with that. Like we. The funny thing was, like, the first couple years in our department, we played a lot of intramural sports within um, our own program. And every, like, at some point, someone got injured. Like, there's one person that dislocated their shoulder, another person broke a rib. Like, so we're all ex-athletes, but then we're not realizing we're not training like we were. Right. So it was kind of... It was but kind you of a still funny have the same experience. competitive drive, so you're like, I want to win, and you dive yeah. in the ball, and then, you know, you get injured. Yeah, pretty much. That was, like, what was going on. It was, like, kind of like a, a slow wave moving through our department. It wasn't, oh, um, if you get injured, it was more like when. Gosh. But you guys were just your own walking case study. Yeah, pretty much. So it was a good good experience. And then having that support group that kind of understood what you're going through and, you know, being willing to help. Mm-hmm. I think it's mm-hmm. the big thing, like finding people that want to help you. Yeah. And in turn, when you're done being, like, injured or whatever, you can go and help them. Because I think it's a two-way street, like, with emotional or with social support. Like, we can't always expect someone to give us 100% and we don't give back. Right. Um, That's a really good point. And everybody, you know, everybody's in different spots. So I think there's also, like, sometimes you need your friends in, in just to get your mind off of things, right? And just mm-hmm. be like, you're not injured. We're going to do something where you feel like you're just one of the crew and we're yeah. not going to talk about this. And sometimes that can be just as healing as kind of getting things off your chest. Yeah, I remember I was in crutches and I'm like, okay, we're going to the Weezer concert. I'm like, okay, let's do it. And then we get there. Like, you want to go in the mosh pit? And I just give them a look. I'm like, really? <laughs> Yeah, you're like I, I'm here, so that's a good thing. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not stupid. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like y'all go, I'll just stay right here. And so yeah. Okay. Um, do you recommend anything else like journaling or blogging or vlogging? Anything that can like help that you can, you don't have to call on other people to help you with, but just that can help you kind of express your emotions. Yeah, I'm really uh, big on journaling, but I don't know what you. I love your... journaling, but I know some athletes Just push don't. back against it, like especially guy athletes, because it's mm-hmm. like it's almost this like feminine thing, like oh to have a journal, a diary. I'm like it's not a diary. 
Right. So the way I, I phrase it to them is your scientific exploration oh. of your injury. So, yeah. um, you know, like, oh, today I benched 50. I um, did squats like 60. I My range of mobility was this. You know, right. I was like, it doesn't have to be dear really diary. Deep. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, it doesn't have to be like, dear diary, I did this today. I'm like, it could just be as simple as tracking, yeah. like tracking what your exercises were, which ones you liked, which ones were hard. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. And it, when I reframe it that way, I'm like, you're just tracking. It's more scientific exploration. They're like, oh, that makes sense. Like, they're more right. on board with it. I'm like, it's the same thing as journaling, but just yeah. in a different way. I like that. Giving them something different to reframe their thoughts around that. Because mm-hmm. then they go back and they look at it. They're like, oh, look how far I've come. Like, I used to only be able to squat this much. Now I'm at this. Or my range of mobility was here a week ago, and I got that, like, one tiny incremental degree. Yeah. But it's something. And I think that can be really important, especially in those times when you're not seeing a lot of progress. I always felt that, like, right before running, like, you you just don't see a lot of a lot happening. And you're, like, so excited to run and you want to run, but you're scared because you don't feel progress. And then mm-hmm. when if you do write it down and you can look back, you're like, oh, okay, I am getting stronger. Like, I, I only – I only did, you know, step downs for three sets of five, and now I'm doing three sets of ten step downs or whatever. Yeah, and it's so hard because sometimes we, we're we so close to the situation, we can't exactly. take, take a step back and see the big picture. Because mm-hmm. I, I had a lot of, like, because I went through that myself where I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm at the point where I'm walking, but I can't do anything more than walk. And that was, that for me, that was kind of the moment of frustration for me was okay when I was like okay I'm walking I don't have crutches now I you know my doctor was like yeah go out and walk just walk and I would get tired I wouldn't be able to I was like every now and again I'd get like up the courage I'm like okay let's try a jog and then yeah. I'd be like nope knee does not like that right now right right and so yeah. that was like I was like I feel like I'm progressing, but it also felt like I was regressing a little bit within that. Hmm. And so using the journaling, being like, okay, well, this is what we're doing. This is going to, you know, take a little bit longer, but being okay with that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. Um, It's been good talking to you. I, how, like, how can I help you? What can, what are your kind of thoughts on how you want to move forward or, yeah, um, I mean, I, I would love to help within your, y'all's community. They're, like, writing stuff from the mental side, or um, I have my own business, so it's A-Game Sports Psychology Consulting. So Yeah, I checked it out. It was cool. Yeah, I'm on. Uh, I'm, job. Thanks. Yeah, it's in yeah. Sarasota, Florida, so nice. Well, it's not really sunny the past two weeks, but it's yeah, Florida. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's been pretty cool. Yeah, it's been pretty cool and rainy and damp. It's Well, that's the kind of the funny thing about Florida, everyone thinks it's summer in Florida, but it's really like rainy season. Mm. Which you kind of need because otherwise yeah. it's so hot. Yes. Oh, yes. So <laughs> training for a marathon right now, we start marathon training in a month. And I'm like, oh, God, please get a little bit cooler. Uh, yeah. Seriously, that would be tough if it wasn't. Um, yeah, so I I would love that. I would love um, – even like once a month, if you want to write something or if you have written something 
and you just want me to share it with our um, on our newsletter, I would in, mm-hmm. and post it maybe on their blog. That yeah, is that's... something cool that we could do. Um, mm-hmm. And then I'm I'm working on a part of the website where I can kind of connect people with. I have something on there, but I don't. I I wanted to. I was getting to the point where I, and I don't know if you're like this, but I think playing playing sports for so long and like being you know getting to a higher level I felt like everything had to be perfect and yeah like and I finally was like just put something out there and and connect people with the people that you think are good at what they do and can help them and um, there's no harm in that so I am trying to expand especially um, this area with sports psychology and then also good sports performance trainers because I think that's one of the reasons why re-injury is happening so much is, Mm -hmm. you know, the physical therapy setup is messed up in the way that you only get a certain amount of visits and, um, but there's this gap when you get cleared into when you should Mm -hmm. actually be playing at a hundred percent and kids go back after they get cleared and they're like, I should be like, I can go do whatever, everything I did before I should be a hundred percent. And, you know, it scares me the amount of re-injury. So I'm really yeah, definitely. Like, um, I, I I've seen that a lot with my athletes and telling them like, hold back on you know not hold yeah. back, but at least like be aware yeah. that this is a possibility because a lot of times when you injure one leg, you're coping with the other leg, and that yes. causes a lot of like gait issues. So really getting that fixed beforehand, and you know taking a step back I looked I listened to Dan Abrams interview yeah that you did and it was awesome and yeah. you know you know being a hundred percent of your fifty percent being a hundred percent wasn't that of your great 50, yeah you know oh, so I, I thought, thought that, that was, was so good so I thought that was amazing I was like yes that's like what I've been trying to articulate exactly yeah and you have like I I feel mm-hmm. like that's what you were telling me earlier in, in just different words but mm-hmm. um yeah, so there's a mental side of it, but there's also we have to help these athletes because they have built trust, you know, mm-hmm. they have built trust in the people that are surrounding them. So can we um, provide them, since they have given us their trust, now the physical therapists, the sports performance people need to bridge that gap and, and that gray area uh, between when you're cleared and when you should be a hundred percent. And that goes anywhere from the player to the parent, to the, mm-hmm. those people that I just mentioned to the coach, you know? Yeah. It I think it's a holistic, like, yeah, a holistic approach that sometimes we work within our own like kind of bubble, like, mm-hmm. Oh, I just work on the mental, but then, you know, I found the best times that I've worked um, an athlete, coming back is when I'm working with their coach and the strength and conditioning coach and athletic trainer and we're all working together and sharing the information right on this athlete like yeah the coach is like hey he's about to go back to on the field you know mm-hmm. what should I be aware of yeah you know what are some signs that I might need to you know pump the brakes yeah that's good that's really good that's a good point how it's a whole it is a team effort to the very end yeah, and I'm the, I'm the same way with you, like, you know, just putting things out there. Um, I know you guys use uh, LeClay also, the band. Yeah, yeah. So I love them, um, but one of the ones I love is that says progress, not perfection. Yes. Isn't that so good? 
progress, not perfection, because I think it is so true. I always tell people focus on the process of of progress, right? You're, yeah. you're looking at, okay, I am getting one more squat. I am, you know, that's where journaling or writing kind of a, what you say, is scientific exploration, writing stuff yeah. down is very helpful. Um, but I love that you use those, especially with um, your clients and everything. That's awesome. Yeah, she um, she sponsored our Women in Sports Psychology retreat and sent us, like, awesome bands to give our attendees. So that was amazing. Everyone Great. was like, love them. Yeah. They, they, well, go ahead, yeah. sorry. Oh, I was just going to say they're great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like one of my friends who was from New Orleans and she went back and she's like, I think I caused like a uh, like buying frenzy in New Orleans because she kept like giving them her cousins, her mom, like after she was working. <laughs> right? That's awesome. Oh my gosh. Um cool. Yeah, well I'll I'll link you up on on the website. I hope that maybe drives some people. Do you do you only do in person? No, I do um Skype calls and FaceTime as well. Right. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so cool. That's that's really exciting. I'm excited about that. But yeah, anything hey. you need, let me know. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. It was great talking to you. Okay, perfect. Thanks so much, Jordan. Yay. You're welcome. So great to talk to Amanda and hear her point of view on injuries and getting back from injuries and how she dealt with it when she was injured. Check her out, agamesportspsych.com. You can book there. You can look through all her resources about Amanda, all the things that you would need to know. Really excited that Amanda was willing to open up and let us know a little bit more about what she knows and how you can deal with some of the things when you're going through an injury recovery. So thank you, Amanda. And thank you all for listening. I hope that you find some inspiration in these podcasts. If you do, it would mean so much to me if you left a review, take you about a minute. If you send your screenshot over to us on Instagram of your review, if you DM it to us, we are going to send you a free little gift. So show your scars podcast on Instagram. Would love to send you guys a little something, something from us. Thank you for your time, for your ears, and mostly thank you for showing your scars with pride.